We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Afternoon all. Thank you for being with us. Uh, Jimbo in for Bobby Mack this week. And uh, thank you for joining us today. Back to uh, business as usual, uh, summer's gone and winter's coming on, and yet it feels a lot like March in a lot of ways. 106.3 WORD is the Upstate's talk station. Also, we're at 106.3 WORD.com, so you can be heard anywhere that you have a connection. You can be heard in the middle of the Gobi Desert. You can be heard from Earth orbit. The astronauts aboard the International Space Station can be listening to us right now. I don't know that they are, but they could be. All right. We're also at 101.5 FM in Anderson and 95.1 FM in Clemson, Pickens, and Seneca. We have available for you the Ingalls Advantage talk line, 1-800-347-1063, and the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line of 71307, 71307. Texters are saying... uh, Hey, Jim, I lived in Madison, Wisconsin during the Scott Walker elections, and I didn't dare put up a sign in my yard for a real fear of vandalism. I'll bet Scott Walker, of course, was the Republican governor of Wisconsin, and for a while was what I thought a very attractive presidential contender, although that died quickly, and then he was defeated for re-election. The problem with Scott, of course, is he doesn't have enough pizzazz. He just was very smart and had a lot of really good ideas for the country, which these days is not enough. But uh, Madison, Wisconsin is the state capital of Wisconsin. But, of course, it's also the home of the University of Wisconsin, which is sort of Berkeley East. So I can certainly sympathize with uh, with what you had to say. Absolutely. I have uh, said before, and I repeat, that this election is going to come down to uh, three main factors. One, the state of the economy and or the state of the recovery and which it is that we judge the president on. We can rightly judge him on the state of the recovery. The state of the economy is because of events largely outside his control. A second factor, uh, voter turnout, and we'll see just exactly whether or not the people who traditionally vote, that is conservatives, uh, vote in greater numbers than ever. Please, please do. Make sure everybody you know is registered, and then they vote, preferably in person, but vote. And the third factor would be the debates. Ah, yes, the debates. Those are going to be a major factor. Let's not forget that the debates are now a firm American tradition. You remember the last time there was a presidential election without a debate among the major party contenders? 
Uh, some of you aren't old enough to remember. It was 1972. The candidates were Richard Nixon and George McGovern. 48 years ago. That was the last time we had no presidential debates. Many people get their information from those debates and the bulk of their information from those debates. And the, the idea that we should not hold them, uh, you've heard, for example, Nancy Pelosi come out flatly and say that they don't think they, that, that, that we should have the debates. Uh, they've gone too far now. I mean, the, the first d- the debate is September the 29th, and uh, Biden, I think, is, is very digging in his heels at the prospect that he can't handle the situation. So they're going to they're gonna hold the debates. I don't think there's any question about that. Factors in the debates? Oh, the the moderators are a factor. Just to go over the, the debate schedule, uh, the first debate, again, is Tuesday, September the 29th. This will be, uh, and all the debates are from 9 until 10.30 p.m. At uh, The first one is at Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland, not Notre Dame, where it was originally scheduled. And Notre Dame chickened out of holding a pandemic debate. Chris Wallace of Fox is the moderator. All, uh, all of the debates are single moderator. Uh, the second debate, presidential debate, is a town hall, but uh, none of them have multiple moderators. I believe that uh, Chris Wallace may surprise a few people. I don't think he's going to be a disaster. I think Chris Wallace will be pretty straight arrow down the, the middle. And I think that uh, he will give a good account of himself in terms of a fair uh, and balanced presentation. I really do. We'll see. Uh, but uh, that's the first presidential debate. It's uh, Tuesday, September the 29th. That's followed then on uh uh, Wednesday, October the 7th, by the vice presidential debate. All the debates are 9 until 10.30 Eastern. This will be at the University of Utah between uh, Mike Pence and Kamala Harris. Maybe they can have the uh, cry closet at the University of Utah made available uh, for uh, anybody who doesn't do well. That They actually do have a cry closet at the University of Utah for all of these young adults who <laughs> are pretending that they're ready to lead this country into the dangerous middle of the 21st century. And Susan Page of USA Today is the moderator. And uh, I'm not sure. I'm not that conversant with Susan Page, but she's the moderator of that one. Then that is followed on Thursday the 15th by the second presidential debate. This will be a town hall-style debate. It'll be moderated by Steve Scully of C-SPAN, and I think Scully has a tendency to be pretty straightforward. C-SPAN at least does. That, again, 9 till 10.30 p.m. This will be at the Adrian Arsht Center, the Adrian Arsht Center in Miami, not the University of Michigan, which, like Notre Dame, chickened out of holding a debate. The second presidential debate, Thursday, October the 15th. And then that takes us to the uh, final presidential debate, third and final, a week later, Thursday night, October the 22nd. This will be at Belmont University in Nashville. Kristen Welker of NBC will be moderating that debate. And, uh, well, I'm, I'm hopeful that, uh, <laughs> that she will do a straight and, and a fair job. Fingers crossed, okay? Now then, by the first debate, 19 states will have already begun voting, including, of course, our good friends in North Carolina who have been voting since last Friday on the early voting thing. You have to keep in mind that 
there are a lot of voters out there, Democrats who aren't really interested in tearing the country apart, but who just like to see more money spent for this and that pet project, they have not seen the gaff track because they're regular watchers of CNN and MSNBC. They have not seen the Bidens goof after goof after goof after goof after goof. They haven't seen those, not aware of them. And so the first time he makes a mistake in a debate, and let's face it, we're talking about three hour-and-a-half sessions that's four-and-a-half hours of debating, very stressful circumstances. If he can make these gaffes about not knowing where he is or what office he's running for, under friendly circumstances, audiences that are for him, what's it going to be like in the heat of a debate? There's Donald Trump right across the stage looking at him. I expect some gaffes, and I expect more than a few voters, Democrats, to say, wow, I didn't, I didn't think he, he was that bad off. Gosh, I have to, I'd have to rethink my vote if I still had my vote, but I mailed in my ballot uh, a week ago. That's a, that's a danger right there. Another thing is trying to set the bar too low for Biden. The president should set the bar high that Biden has had almost half a century of experience. He's debated up a storm. Don't expect Joe Biden to drool. He's not going to do that. He might have momentary lapses, but he's not that far off the deep edge. And so if you reach the point where if he can string together two consecutive sentences that make sense, he wins, that's not good. And second, if he does make a major gaffe, I hope that Donald Trump does not jump on his senior moments. It would be much more effective just to simply sit there patiently and watch Joe try to fumble his way out of it. But don't forget that a lot of Donald Trump's major supporters are also seniors who may be inclined to vote for him, but they just assume nobody jumped up and down on somebody because they had a senior moment. Just some thoughts about these debates. All right. This is 106.3 WORD. Now on 95.1 FM in Clemson, Pickens, and Seneca, 101.5 FM in Anderson, and everywhere on the Radio.com app, our time is 515. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Gosh, is this the Upstate's talk station? I have no idea. All righty, it's 521. Good afternoon, everybody. Tuesday, September the 8th, eight weeks until election night. Eight weeks. That ought to be fun, even though it'll not be definitive. The odds are very unlikely, very unlikely that we will know who won that election by uh, Wednesday morning. We'll find out. We'll find out. 1063 WORD has available for you our Ingalls Advantage talk line at 1 800 347 1063. 1 800 347 1063 and the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line of 71307. 71307. Uh, I note that we have uh, the Rochester police leaders are retiring, all of them. The uh, police chief, Laurent Singletary, is retiring. The deputy police chief, Joseph Morabito, possibly other senior commanders as well. They're just, uh, they are not happy with the way they are being treated in, uh, in Rochester, Minnesota. This, of course, uh, following the death of, uh, of Daniel Prude, who uh, died several days after an encounter with police on March the 23rd. Officers had found him running naked down the street. They'd put a hood over his head to stop him from spitting on them and held him down for about two minutes until he stopped breathing. He uh, died a week later and was uh, after he was taken off life support. Uh, his brother, Joe Prude, had called 911 seeking help for Daniel's unusual behavior. He had been taken to a hospital for a mental health evaluation earlier that night but was released after a few hours. Uh, and, of course, there was the usual level of uh, outrage that was expressed, regardless of any possible thought that any individual has any responsibility uh, to behave uh, in a, a manner that is uh, or is reasonable. If you do, in fact, have, have mental health issues, well, uh, it's, uh, it's another case entirely. In... In terms of, of uh, the death, I know the police union officials in Rochester have said that the officers followed their training. Uh, again, there are so many forms of non-lethal restraint. I mean, tasers and, and, uh, and mace, uh, just tackling somebody and holding them down and without putting your, your knee on their neck, uh, it, uh, it doesn't seem necessary to ever endanger somebody's health. In this regard, uh, I know that it's it's difficult for police. Goodness knows I wouldn't want to have a job in which my job was to go around tackling hostile individuals. Uh, but again, uh, any death like this in custody, you would think by now that the police would be going out of their way uh, to make sure this doesn't happen. And I suspect that they are. Again, the exact circumstances in this case are not clear, but I know what is absolutely clear is that every every case involves different circumstances. And this automatic assumption that every time the police have an encounter with a person of color that it's racism is utter baloney, utter nonsense. 
And even if you are a hardcore racist cop, I would assume that you don't really want to lose your job. Even if, if you spend your weekends wearing a white sheet and riding around burning crosses, which is a highly unlikely occurrence, but even if that were true, common sense would dictate that you not be doing this while you were in uniform on the job. Okay? It, uh, again, it's an assumption that, that makes no sense whatsoever. But that's the latest from uh, the good people of Rochester, New York. They're having the leadership of their police department simply quit. And it's not, of course, just the leadership either. No, indeed. Police officers of all kinds, first responders of all kinds, are retiring, quitting, moving. People in general are moving, uh, departing these cities. Why not? Why, for example, would you eat in a restaurant in Washington, D.C.? I've eaten in more than a few in my life. I've spent a lot of years in Washington. But uh, thank you just the same. I don't need that kind of grief. No, thank you. So that's why I have said and I, before and I say again that, that uh, the left may wind up reelecting Donald Trump in spite of themselves. And goodness knows there is uh, there's not uh, enough harm that the Democrats can do to themselves that, that uh, will upset me. If you want to uh, undo uh, your own chances for election, fine. But you're, if you're a Democratic leader, you're, you're depending on people who don't know about or care about elections. They're just looking for a chance to go out into the street and in many cases, create problems. There have been legitimate protesters, but I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the people who hijacked the protests. I'm talking about the people who came in and right next to legitimate protesters just started smashing windows and grabbing TV sets and the like. That, that's not protest, all right? And But yet you're going to find the lack of, of Democrats responding to this, the lack of big city mayors doing anything about this. People aren't stupid. People are going to figure out who this is, who is, is causing this. It is not Donald Trump. Donald Trump has, in fact, tried to help these communities. In many cases, of course, the, uh, the leadership of these towns has said, no, we don't want any help. We would rather just let the city burn. Texter says, Jimbo, why can't law enforcement use tranquilizers, a low-dose tranquilizer as a as is it the something against the law? Is it just something they don't consider uh, uh, using? It's hard to uh, read this whole text here. Uh, tranquilizers take effect rather slowly. And uh, you need something that has a greater impact much more quickly. Than, than, than a tranquilizer. I mean, you need something that puts somebody out now when they're trying to harm a police officer or others or themselves now. So uh, that's the reason they don't use, especially a low-dose tranquilizer. And, of course, you use a high-dose tranquilizer. I have no idea what that would do. You'd have to get into pharmacology here and, and doctors' opinions, but I don't think that, uh, that probably that's an answer. But something along those lines, possibly. Something along those lines. Uh, again, there are a lot of ways to... Uh, to uh, upset uh, uh, a person who is, is uh, trying to do harm to others. Uh, did I say Rochester, Minnesota? Okay, yes, it was Rochester, New York. Absolutely, you are uh, quite correct uh, there, Texter. Uh, Geraldine Calpins wants to know, were you able to vote while in Vietnam? Yes, I was, and uh, yes, I did, uh, to the extent that I 
I could. Now, of course, uh, I was in Vietnam the November I was in. I was in Vietnam from uh, May of 67 to May of 68. So uh, we were talking about uh, voting in November of 67. Uh, I did vote for, I think, some local office. Yeah. All right, Jimbo for Bobby Mack. The time is 529. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Afternoon, all. Thank you for being with us today, and a pleasure to have you aboard. Uh, filling in for Bobby Mack is uh, one of the more fun things that I get to do, and uh, I enjoy it a great deal. Thank you for being with us today on 106.3 WORD, the Upstate's talk station, and also 106.3 WORD.com, 101.5 FM in Anderson, and 95.1 FM in Clemson, Pickens, and Seneca. Our Ingalls Advantage talk line is one 800 347 1063 1-800-347-1063, and the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line, 71307, 71307. I know the texter says, uh, Jim, I think there will be such an overwhelming landslide for Trump that if you gave all the uncounted ballots after Tuesday night to Biden, Trump would uh, still win. Well, it's fine for you to believe that, believe what you want, I have not seen a shred of evidence to believe that, other than maybe talking with people you know, because as a country, we tend to talk with people who agree with us. 
And that's not a diverse picture at all. I'm sorry. There are a lot of people out there, tens of millions of people out there, who don't know a single person who's going to vote for Trump. And they are predicting a landslide for Joe Biden because all their friends are going to vote for Biden. We don't tend to communicate with people who don't agree with us, at least not as much as we communicate with people who do agree with us. What's even worse is the notion that somebody will act on that kind of belief, an overwhelming landslide for Trump. I mean, he, he barely won last time. That was the 13th closest, and I'm talking about the Electoral College count, the 13th closest election in our history the last time. Trump, I know, calls it a landslide, but that's not the first time he said something that, that uh, isn't true. Uh, no, it wasn't a landslide. He, he managed to tap into discontent in a few states, but a total of about 80,000 votes in about three or four states, and that was, that was what got him in. I'm glad it did. And I'm glad that the Democrats were so far ignoring the very same voters who now may well be primed to give Trump another term, which would be great. I'd be all for that. But to act as though it will be an overwhelming landslide, well, I don't need to vote. Hey, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Just the fact that all your friends are telling you that Trump's going to win is hardly evidence. There are an awful lot of people out there who just hate Donald Trump. Now, do they hate him for a legitimate reason? No, I would agree they don't. But that doesn't alter the fact that that's going to affect their vote. So you've got to keep in mind that every vote is going to count. And as for an overwhelming landslide, uh, we'll see if, in fact, Joe Biden somehow manages to uh, make a terrible gaffe during the debates, and that's quite possible. That could turn things around. But there are a lot of voters who have already made up their minds they will never, ever, 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 ever vote for Donald Trump, and even a major gaffe wouldn't be sufficient. I would be happy with a major gaffe that got some of these people not to vote for Donald Trump, but to get some Democrats who might otherwise have voted for Joe Biden to say, well, I'll vote for the Green Party candidate. Or I won't vote at all. That would be as close as I could uh, see uh, a major gaffe in the debate helping the president. Uh, that, that could happen. I hope it happens. And certainly it's given Joe Biden's history to this point. It's got a real distinct possibility of happening. It's uh, now uh, 20 minutes before 6 o'clock at uh, 106.3 WORD. And uh, I note that uh, this was, was sent to the uh, the Denver Post newspaper. And I, it's something about, uh, about yard say, signs. Yard signs are popular during election years, and the closer we get to November 3rd, the more signs we can expect to see. But lately in my neighborhood, this person writes, I'm seeing more and more social justice yard signs that read, In this house we believe black lives matter, no human is illegal, love is love, women's rights are human rights, and science is real. That is to say, the person writing this column is a dyed-in-the-wool liberal, okay? Uh, yard signs, this person goes on to write, have become so common that now our neighborhood homeowners association is soliciting input from homeowners and considering changing our policy on yard signs. This person who wrote the Denver Post newspaper says, I hope the homeowners association doesn't force neighbors to remove the signs. It's their right to express themselves this way, et cetera, and so on. But I hope neighbors will take the signs down anyway of their own volition. Because whether they realize it or not, these signs contribute to division and polarization. 
Neighbors displaying these signs might intend to convey compassion and empathy, but instead the signs give cheap, cursory treatment to a series of serious issues and imply that only one worldview is acceptable. As you can see, this is a, a rather open-minded liberal. The signs suggest that outside of homes displaying them, hatred and bigotry are the norm, and only hatred and bigotry can explain any departure from the signs' political creed. Now, at that point, the liberal actually said a rational statement that the, the signs do suggest, that outside of the homes displaying them, hatred and bigotry are the norm. That's how many people who have such signs in their yards feel. They've got a sign that says, in this house we believe black lives matters, no human is illegal, love is love, women's rights are human rights, science is real, blah, blah, and so on. Many of them do have the viewpoint that anybody else is, in fact, just dead wrong and, and, and a hater and a bigot, which is not true, but try convincing those people of that. Now, I'll grant you that people who put up signs like that run little risk of vandalism because, quite frankly, conservatives have not been into vandalizing. It's the left into vandalizing. It's people with MAGA signs and MAGA hats and MAGA bumper stickers who have the real fear. But they do run a risk that this writer, this liberal writer to the Denver Post ignored, and that is that uh, if you have enough such signs out there and the, the bullheaded viewpoints that are often expressed you're going to get a lot of other people to simply say, I've had enough of you people. I am voting the other way. Now, that's something I think that they may not have uh, have thought of. But certainly one thing that, that liberals don't need to fear is uh, is the vandalism issue. You just don't hear examples of that. I was uh, recently out of town, briefly, and uh, I was at a hotel, and uh, yeah, socially distant and the whole thing. And I happened to park in the parking lot of the hotel next to a uh, vehicle from Florida that had a big Donald Trump bumper sticker. And there was nobody around at the time, and so I just decided to give the car an inspection. I walked around it, and I was looking for signs of vandalism. I didn't see any. And I was pleased, and I must admit surprised. I thought that it would be very hard for anybody to have such a nice, big, Make America Great Again bumper sticker and not have faced some kind of damage. Or maybe the person had already faced the vandalism and had, had it repaired. I don't know. But uh, I'm not going to be going around uh, endangering my property. I'm going to have my voice on the radio, and I will cast my ballot accordingly. But to invite, like, to take my car into some area with a bumper sticker on it, uh-uh. I don't need to be paying for the, the damage somebody else will inflict. Don't need it. So uh, I thought it was an interesting letter sent to the Denver Post by a person who was obviously quite liberal. But yet they did have some brains there. Platitudes don't change hearts or minds, says this person. And they're half right. Enough arrogant platitudes will, in fact, get people to vote the other way. But I thought I would share that because uh, there are parts of this country where that's all you see are, are signs like that, liberal yard signs. Jimbo for Bobby Mack at 106.3 WORD, now on 95.1 FM in Clemson, Pickens, and Seneca, 101.5 FM in Anderson. Everywhere on the Radio.com app, we have more to come. Stay with us. The time now, 15 before 6.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Glad to have you aboard this afternoon. Thank you very much for being with us today. I've got uh, the Bobby Mack Show this uh, entire week, 3 to 7 p.m. And, of course, uh, we do run on Sunday evenings from 8 till 10 p.m., the uh, best of Bohannon, uh, another show that I do. And I can tell you who's going to be on this week at uh, 8 o'clock on Sunday night, uh, Colorado Congressman Ken Buck, who is looking at the assault on uh, our uh, our national monuments out there. And uh, also uh, then at 9 p.m. Sunday evening, We'll be talking with the people behind uh, OpenTheBooks.com. Great website. Uh, Andrew Angievsky is the head of OpenTheBooks.com. A look at the various ways that states are squandering the money that you pay in taxes. So that's what we have coming up on uh, the uh, Best of uh, Bohannon uh, for this uh, Sunday night, uh, 8 until 10 p.m. here on 106.3 WORD. Thanks for being a part of our program this afternoon. And uh, I don't know if you, you've heard about this, uh, but they're taking down some statues in London now. <laughs> uh, these are statues in museums. You, you, of course, have heard the initial argument made against the statues. Well, we don't want a, a statue of, uh, of uh, Robert E. Lee out there. No, but what we'll do is we'll take that down and we'll put it in a museum, you see, where it can be preserved. That was the argument. We just don't want it out there jammed into the face of the public. Uh-huh. That's all they wanted, just not in the public. We, we're not trying to destroy history, heaven forbid. Well, now they are starting to take down some uh, statues that have, in fact, been relegated to museums in Britain. How long before it comes here? Huh. I wonder. I wonder. But they have uh, already begun that. So uh, this, this whole notion about uh, we only want outdoor, uh, public-displayed items that uh, we find questionable to be taken down. No, we'll put them in a museum. Well, now they're attacking exhibits in the museums as well. And for those who now wonder just how far will these people go, and the answer, I hope, should be clear, and that is they will go as far as we let them. There is never enough. Even the mayor of Seattle, after allowing several city blocks of downtown Seattle to be occupied by anarchists and rioters and looters, they had to finally reach the the situation. There is no point at which a mob with a mob mentality ever says, oh, well, I guess that's enough. Let's go home now. They don't do that. Mob mentalities go far beyond even the mentalities of the individuals, and many of these gatherings have been peopled with some rather unsavory individuals. But the mob mentality goes far beyond what any any given individual in that mob would be willing to do. And so, no, they're not going to stop at the statues in the the public. 
No, they're gonna, not going to stop with museums. They're going to keep going as far and as far as possible until ultimately, and this I would hate to see, but some at some point they're going to keep pushing, keep challenging, keep getting in the faces of people, keep assaulting until somebody, somebody shoots back. And uh, that would be a tragedy, not so much for what happens to the lowlife, although I'm not in favor of them getting shot, but for what will happen to the person defending their home, their family, or their property, who will get prosecuted, like the McCloskeys of St. Louis. That's what I fear. On another subject, there's an argument often heard about uh, uh, mass immigration is that it'll save Social Security. Well, as it turns out, that, like so much that is peddled by the left, is not necessarily uh, true at all. Uh, the Federation for American Immigration Reform, look, take a look at that argument of whether or not you, in fact, wind up saving Social Security. Native-born individuals spend at least five more years in the workforce than foreign-born individuals. Over the course of their careers, native-born individuals contribute roughly $32,000 per person more in Social Security taxes, about $282,000, than foreign-born individuals, about $250,000. Okay, so, bottom line to this argument of, of uh, mass immigration will save Social Security. On average, native-born individuals receive $271,000 in Social Security benefits. That is 96% of what they paid into the program. They pay in more than they get. Foreign-born individuals receive $269,000 in benefits, or 108% of what they pay into the program. Foreign-born individuals take out more from Social Security than they put in. So anytime you hear someone saying, we need a ton of immigration, who cares if it's legal or not? Just to save Social Security? Not true. This study indicates that, in fact, native-born individuals, on average, contribute about uh, $11,000 more to Social Security than they get in benefits. Foreign-born individuals, on average, receive about $19,000 more in benefits than they pay in. So just... Put that away as uh, you face more and more circumstances when you may be called upon to uh, defend uh, the president and his policies and his administration. Uh, mass immigration, even assuming it had it other, other benefits, it will not save Social Security. And that's just one of the issues that we are going to be facing as we come closer and closer to this election. This is not going to be an easy time uh, for anybody out there. Certainly not an easy time for president. Not an easy time for those members of Congress who are, in fact, dedicated to preserving a constitutional republic. And not uh, for any of us who intend to get involved. You've got to be prepared for bogus arguments. And there's one that's just a bonus there. No, unlimited immigration does not save Social Security. If anything, it hurts Social Security, besides which it's illegal. This is Jimbo for Bobby Mack, 106.3 WORD. The time is 3 before 6. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.